So welcome, everybody. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. Welcome to our Monday morning weight management call. It is Monday, February the 8th. Sorry, I'm a little few seconds late getting started. I'm all geeked because my dear spouse called up the VA this morning to get his to see if he could get a COVID shot, and they said, and what time would you like to come in? So he's going in today. That's super exciting. And Susan's already had hers. She had her first one on Friday. So one by one, we'll all build get get protection. And it doesn't mean you won't get it like the flu, but it means you may not get those terrible side effects like the lung issues and the kidney issues and the brain fog and all that stuff that is just sounds awful and the digestive issues etc etc so yay for Susan and yay for Mikey and anybody else who gets the shot today I'm excited all right well here we are as I said Monday I'm going to be reading from brain rules John Medina and we are switching to a whole new area we've been on short-term and long-term memory now we're going to one of the favorite things that we always talk about with New Skin and our Body Burn 30 TR90 program is sleep because sleep is very important. Rule number seven, sleep well, think well. Here's where we're going. The brain is in a, in a constant state of tension between cells and chemicals that try to put you to sleep and cells and chemicals that try to keep you awake. The neurons of your brain show vigorous rhythmic, rhythmical activity when you're asleep, perhaps replaying what you learned that day. People vary in how much they sleep. Sorry, people vary in how much sleep they need and when they prefer to get it. But the biological drive for an afternoon nap is universal. Loss of a sleep hurts attention, executive function, working memory, mood, quantitative skills, logical reason, and even motor dexterity. And as a learning disability specialist and very fascinated with learning, is if you're learning something and you finish studying, have a little nap for 10 minutes. It will take that information and it will put it into stronger long-term memory. So when you nap and when you sleep, you process information. I truly believe that you take when you sleep the information that you have learned through the day and your brain decides what it needs and what it doesn't need. What it needs for survival and to keep well, it holds. What it doesn't need for survival and it's like little you know little events or things that were not important it lets go of because I think you have a finite amount of memory information that you can hold on to so let us begin chapter 7 sleep and the, the message is sleep well think well it's not the most comfortable way to earn an entry into the Guinness World, Guinness Book of World Records obtain an A on a high school science fair project and meet the world-famous scientist. We, and meet a world-famous scientist. In 1965, 
17-year-old Randy Gardner decided that his science fair project would involve not sleeping for 11 straight days and observing what happened. To the astonishment of everyone, he actually accomplished the feat, setting a world record that year for sleep loss. The project attracted the attention of a scientist named William Dement, D-E-M-E-N-T, who has given permission to study who was given permission to study what happened to Randy Gardner's teenager's mind during the week and a half he was awake. What happened to Randy's mind was actually quite extraordinary. To put it charitably, it started to malfunction. In short order, he became irritable, forgetful, nauseous, and to no one's surprise, unbelievably tired. Five days into his experiment, Randy began to suffer from what could only pass for Alzheimer's disease. He was actively hallucinating, severely disoriented and paranoid. And he thought the local radio host was out to get him because of his changes in memory. In fact, four, in the last four days of the experiment, he actually lost motor function. His fingers were trembling and his speech was slurred. Curiously, on the final day, he was still able to beat Dement at pinball, doing so a hundred consecutive times. Is that not interesting? Some unfortunate souls don't have the luxury of experimenting. They become suddenly and permanently incapable of ever going to sleep again. It's called fatal familiar insomnia. I'll say that again, or not fatal. That's my French in me. Fatal familial insomnia is one of the rarest human genetic disorders that exists, affecting only about 20 families worldwide. That rarity is a blessing because the disease follows a course straight, straight through mental health hell. In the middle of late adulthood, the, begin, the person begins to experience fevers, tremors, and profuse sweating. As the insomnia becomes permanent, these symptoms are accompanied by increasingly uncontrollable muscular jerks and tics. The person soon experiences crushing feelings of depression and anxiety, or he, he or, and he or she becomes psychotic. Finally, mercifully, the patient slips into a coma and dies. So you have to sleep or you die, the same as you have to have water or you die. So we know the bad things, we know bad things happen when we don't get any sleep. But considering that that sleep occupies a walloping one-third of our time while we're on this planet, it is incredible to contemplate that we really still don't know why we need to sleep. Not that there haven't been any clues, there have. One strong hint came about 10 years ago. Now, this book was written in 2008, so that would be in 1998, when a group of researchers who left a bunch of wires inside of a rat's brain, the rat had just learned to negotiate a maze when it decided to take a nap. The recording device was still attached to to those wires, and it was still on. But to understand how this relates to the purpose of sleep, we'll come back to it later. Let's look at what the brain is doing while we sleep. 
you call this rest. If you ever get a chance to listen in on a living on a living brain while it is slumbering, you'll have to get over your disbelief. The brain does not appear to be asleep at all. Rather, it almost unbelievably it is almost unbelievably active during rest, with legions of neurons crackling electronic or electrical commands to one another in constant shifting patterns, displaying greater rhythmic activity during sleep actually than when it is wide awake. The only time you can observe a real resting period for the brain where the amount of energy consumed is less than during a similar awake period is in the deepest parts of what is called non-REM sleep. But that takes up only about 20% of the total sleep cycle, which is why researchers early on began to disabuse themselves of the motion that the reason we rest is so that we can rest when the brain is asleep the brain is not resting at all even so most people report that sleep is a powerfully restorative sorry even so most people report that sleep is powerfully restorative and they point to that fact that if they don't get enough sleep they don't think very well that is measurably true and as he says shortly he will explain shortly and so we find ourselves in a quandary given the amount of energy the brain is using it seems impossible that you could receive anything approaching mental rest and restoration and restoration during sleep even if the brain doesn't behave itself bioenergetically other parts of the body do rest during sleep in something like a human version of microhibernation that introduces a second puzzle sleep makes an us exquisitely vulnerable to predators indeed deliberately going off to dreamland unprotected in the middle of a bunch of hostile hunters such as leopards our evolutionary roommates in eastern africa seems like a behavior dreamed up by one of our worst by our worst enemies there must be something terribly important we need to accomplish during sleep if we are willing to take such risks in order to get it exactly what is it that is so darned important the scientist who studied sleepless randy gardner made a substantial early contribution to answering such questions often called the father of sleep research Dement was a white-haired man with a broad smile who when this book was written in 2008 was in his late 70s so now if he's still alive he must be in his late 80s he says pithy things about our slumbering habits such as dreaming permits such dreaming permits each and every one of us to be quietly and safely insane every night of our lives and if you haven't had crazy dreams there you have it dement studied many aspects of the human sleep cycle what he began to uncover what was this sleeping brains like soldiers on a battlefield are actually locked in vicious biological combat 
the conflict involves a pitched battle between two powerful and opposing drives, each made of legions of brain cells and biochemicals with very different agendas. Though localized in the head, the theater of operations for those armies engulfs every corner of the body. This fight is sometimes referred to as the opponent process model. As Dementon began to define these two opposing drives, he noticed some strange things about the war they were waging. First, these forces were not engaged just during the night while we sleep, but also during the day while we are awake. Second, they are doomed to a combat schedule in which each army subsequently wins one battle, then promptly loses the next battle, then quickly wins the next, and so on cycling through this win-loss column every day and every night. The third strange thing is that no one army ever claims final victory in this war. This incessant engagement results in the cyclical waking and sleeping experiences all humans encounter every day and night of our lives. Now, Dement was not working in isolation. His mentor, a gifted researcher named Nathaniel Kleitman, gave him many of his initial insights. If Dement can be considered the father of sleep research, then Kleitman, which is K-L-E-I-T-M-A-N, certainly would qualify as its grandfather, an intense Russian man with bushy eyebrows. Nathaniel Kleitman may be the best noted may be best noted for his willingness to experiment not only on himself but also on his children. When it appeared that a colleague of his had discovered rapid eye movement or REM sleep, Kleitman prob- promptly volunteered his daughter for experimentation. And she is prompt and she just as promptly confirmed the finding. But one of the most interesting experiments of Kleitman's long career occurred in 1938 when he persuaded a colleague to join him 150 feet underground in Mammoth Cave in Kentucky for an entire month. Free of sunlight and daily schedules, Kleitman could ask whether the routines of wakefulness and sleep cycle themselves automatically through the human body. His observations were mixed but the the experiment provided the first real hint that such an automatic device did exist in our bodies. Indeed, we now know that the body possesses a series of internal clocks, all controlled by discrete regions of the brain, providing a regular rhythmic schedule to our waking and sleeping experiences. This is surprisingly similar to the buzzing of a a wristwatch's internal quartz crystal, in an area of the brain called the suprachasmic, no, the suprachasmatic, S U P R A C H I A S M A T I C nucleus, suprachasmatic nucleus, part of that good old hippocampus again. We discussed that he discussed earlier, earlier for long-term and short-term memory, appears to contain just such a timing device. Of course, we have not been characterized, he's not been characterizing these pulsing rhythms as a benign wristwatch. He has been characterizing them as a violent war. One of Kleitman's and Dement's greatest contributions was to show that this nearly automatic rhythm 
cause occurs as a result of the continuous conflict between two opposing forces. And I'm going to stop right there, and I'll finish again on Wednesday. There you go. It's Granny D, Dorcas Smith, signing out. Very fascinating, those sleep studies and sleep scientists. No kidding. Isn't it interesting how, oh, wow, how important sleep is and the fact that we actually, our brains are on full tilt while we sleep. Awesome. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great week. We're back on again on Wednesday. Tomorrow it is Nikki's Zoom time, so get ready for that, Brian. And have a great day, everybody, and we'll talk to you over here from you tomorrow. Blessings to okay. all. Great info. Bye. 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 Thanks for being here.